Hello and welcome to episode 73 of The Brand Lounge, the place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses. I'm Tammy Heels, founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant, and I show independent businesses how to define and grow their brand and business. And today I am joined by Amanda O'Rourke, coach and mentor for female entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for joining me today, Amanda. Hello, Tammy. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited for this conversation today, listeners. Listeners, Amanda and I are going to be talking about visualization and the science behind it, which I am really keen to discuss. I class myself as an open-minded skeptic and really appreciate the balance between the spiritual and or less practical, shall we say, mindset practices, whilst understanding how they can help us. But I'm really keen and interested to explore kind of the science behind why and how visualization works as well as it's been a tool that I've really enjoyed incorporating into my business. So I really enjoy starting each of these episodes by defining the basics of what we're going to be talking about, Amanda, just to make sure that we're all on the same page. So could you please share a little bit around what visualization is and maybe some of the benefits that it brings? Okay, so um Visualization is basically creating a mental image of an event or something that you might wish to happen. So within a business, it may be um, a specific goal. It could be a monetary figure or it could be an event itself that that, um, signifies you've 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 made it or you've reached your next sort of milestone. It could be um, a personal uh, thing that you'd like, you know, a new house or a new car. There's there's so many things that you could actually visualize, but it is essentially in your head creating this mental image. And there's so many different benefits to visualization in itself. The one thing I should say before I, I, I go into those though I think is that it's not wishful thinking. I think a lot of people think, oh, visualization, it's woo-woo. It's just, you know, when you wish upon a star Disney sort of thing. And there is an element to that. And I I wholeheartedly admit when I first started visualizing, I did not know the science behind it. And I just held it in my heart that this is what I wanted. And I visualized ahead what what it was I was trying to create. And it worked. (laughs) And so discovering you know the neuroscience behind it since then has been a real dream for me because it's made me realize that it isn't just um, wishful thinking it is actually um, scientifically based and there are reasons why visualization can help you in your life and in your business and I think aside from the fact that it's it's relaxing to do um, it's also been proven to show um, to improve performance in sports for years and years and so it's it's sort of kind of for your listeners, it's why not try it? It's it's that kind of thing where you can investigate stories of, of sports people who have, have used it. And I can sort of give examples as well. And so it's one of these things where it's I would encourage every, everybody to give it a go. It influences your subconscious without going too much into the science. It does actually affect your brain and how you think about things. And so it's one of these things that you you might be thinking, oh, it's just dreaming and sort of imagining how it could be but it's it's far deeper than that I find the whole concept fascinating because I think as a as a daydreamer since forever like I've always been daydreaming about all the possibilities that are out there in the world some tangible some not you know I read a lot of sci-fi and fantasy when I was growing up there's a huge number of things that my imagination used to run riot with But it's interesting. I find visualization absolutely fascinating because of the scientific side of it. 
I don't know a huge amount of the science behind it specifically. And I'm really, that's why I'm so excited to explore that a little bit more with you today. But some of the concepts and the little that I do know about it, it really does just make my tiny mind just kind of explode at the possibilities that the universe has out there for us. Because it's not like you said, just about, oh, I'm just going to wish that this is going to happen and then it will materialize. This is kind of feeling and living and embodying and encouraging you, I guess, to act in certain ways in order to make that happen. And I've read books about it that have been business and both been, well, business and non-business. But yeah, I just, I find the whole concept just so powerful and like I do joke with my friend that I managed to manifest spiders very frequently so that's kind of like I guess the dark side of it that we won't be delving into but um, (laughs) the more positive side I'd love to hear more from you I mean if you do have examples of of any athletes if there's one that particularly stands out to you that you'd love to share I'd be really interested in hearing that yeah I mean there's a couple that, that spring to mind. Um, the first is is one who's less well known, perhaps to some of your listeners, but um, you may know him. He's um, he's a footballer. He's a Premier League footballer or ex Premier League footballer. He used to play um, named Matt Letissier, and he played for Southampton and and uh, England. He was um, you know he got many caps for England. Um, and the reason I bring him up is because. He still holds the um, the record for the most penalties converted um, uh, in his in his career, and he hasn't played top flight football for 16 years. And that record, that um, not more more than 16 years, he's um, held that record since. Wow. Um, and the record is he converted, uh, I think it was 47 out of 48 penalties that he took oh over goodness. his career. Yes, and even sort of Alan Shearer, who's prolific penalty scorer another um, top flight footballer, he he comes nowhere near, uh, it's like 97.7% conversion he got. And the reason I'm I'm fascinated by it was because he once admitted in a, an interview, Matt Letizia, that he used visualisation to score every time. What he said he did was just before he would take the spot kick, he would imagine the crowd going bananas you know just just celebrating yeah and when once he'd got that in his mind he fixed that in his head then the penalty and I just thought actually you you could say well that's a fluke that thing but actually nobody has come anywhere near that record that he held he holds and I just think there must be something within that technique that he used that stands him apart yeah that's incredible Yes. Yeah. My other favorite story, which was um, which was revealed, I think, in a YouTube video years ago, was about Novak Djokovic. And he famously, as a child, formed a a um, trophy of Wimbledon, the Wimbledon trophy out of paper mache and then covered it in tinfoil. And he said he used to hold it aloft in his bedroom and then circle round as they do in the court when they've won Wimbledon, imagining that he'd won Wimbledon because that was the one that he held, you know, dear. But he's now won so many Grand Slams. I think he's, you know, he's surpassed quite a few records. But I just love that whole idea that he was transporting himself, not just by visualization but actually by crafting something to to kind of symbolize what what that meant to him and and how that would feel to really bring him into that feeling of holding that trophy above his head yeah that's incredible I'd love to know if he still has that little tinfoil trophy next to all the (laughs) others that would be 
incredible. But yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because those are two very different forms of visualization, I guess. One of them is actually embodying and having something that they've created that that they can kind of put their focus on. And the other one is very much more, I would say, almost like an internal practice that they do in a specific situation. So let's explore a few forms of visualization, because until I came into business, like I, I put it down as visualization is just daydreaming, whereas now there's more structured approaches that I've discovered that have worked for me. And I'm sure the listeners would be keen to know, kind of just it's not all about sitting there and meditating because hey I don't have the patience for that so could you explain or um, just cover some of the different forms of visualization that are out there yeah I mean I think you've you've covered covered a couple there really easily is the ones where you are just basically imagining yourself in a situation and letting it play out in front of you so for instance if you if you had a dream house you might want to open the front door and then walk through the rooms of the house um, and then just create as you go through your visualization, you may do this over several you know, occasions, not just in the first visualization, what each room looks like and just dream big, really, in terms of what you're trying to create. And that could be your end result. But in another visualization, what you might want to do is see how, how an event plays out. So it might not be an end result. It may be, you know, an evolution of something. So for a good example from, from my history is I had a I held a gala dinner one uh, year. And it was in June and I booked the event in February on a cold, wintry day. Um, but they had a balcony in this um, this golf course, this golf club that I had hired for the gala event. And I said to the lady I was booking the event with, I said, I can just see it now. It's completely blue skies out there, you know, really sunny, hot day. And we're all spilling out onto that balcony and, you know, enjoying cocktails and everything. And of course, the day came and it was bright blue sky, just as I'd imagined, because every day that I thought about the gala dinner, I imagined that scene of us all spilling out onto that onto that veranda. And that's that's what happened that, you know, and and we know in the UK, June can be a bit unpredictable in, in terms of the weather. So I just felt that that's exactly what I'd envisaged. And that was what, you know, what played out. But I think that's sometimes what happens with visualization as well as you can use it for practice. So if, for instance, you've got an interview or a presentation coming up, what you're doing is you're imagining what's going to happen in that interview or the the presentation. By the way, listeners, if anybody wants for an interview, I always imagine at the end they say, well, you know, thanks for coming in. We're really impressed and we would really like to um, talk to you more about about the job. Just imagine them saying that at the end of the interview, because it's really quite, you know, it makes you feel much happier about the way it's going to go. Going back to the whole idea of practice is that the brain you know, as as we know, fires neurons every day to, you know, to try and sort of formulate new patterns. And if you're visualizing a presentation, for example, you might visualize how you say it, but then you might visualize the reception you get for it. You may um, visualize how the uh, how the room is and all the things that, you know, will help you to feel more familiar with the situation. And the more familiar you are, the more the brain will respond in a very calm way. That's interesting. Yeah. And so the visualization will help you to practice and and the unfamiliar then becomes familiar and you can then deliver much more confidently. Um, and again, the science explains this, but it's just incredible how that can help on those sort of little events, big events, whatever you want to use them for. That's really interesting because I think as well, and I, I'm curious to hear your 
input on this actually but before I was aware of what visualization was I feel like I only had associations with it mainly in the negative not just with manifesting spiders but also it's that whole what if this happens what if this happens what if this happens from a negative context so it's kind of when someone says what's the worst that can happen believe me I can tell you so when it comes to switching that round to visualization it is generally on the positive side that it is that you're rehearsing an event or an outcome like you were saying I don't have conversations that I'm nervous about as well because it's one of the ways that I managed to kind of overcome being incredibly shy was just to have almost practice conversations of how they would go positively in my head rather than negatively and as someone who does talk about this kind of thing do you find that it's common for people to understand visualization from a negative context but they haven't actually exercised it in a positive way or is it just something that kind of goes hand in hand I think there is a tendency in the human brain to be negative um we are on alert usually and you know whilst there's not the need for it that there probably once was you know years and years ago we still have that trained you know fight flight response um, and so with with it's interesting you said about visualization, but then you switch to saying worrying or manifesting something yeah. negative. <laughs> Actually, when you're worrying, you're visualizing. It's yeah. visualization, but it's just in a for a different context. Um, there's a great quote actually. I think it's Abraham Hicks that says, "When you are dreaming, you're uh, planning. When you are worrying, you are planning. What are you planning?" Oh God, that's terrifying. <laughs> I'm wonderful. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's a duality there, which you must acknowledge. And so that's quite interesting. But one of the things I would say is that it's natural to worry because we are used to building contingencies into our lives so that we're prepared. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I wouldn't want you to go away thinking I mustn't worry ever again because ah, because, you know, the consequences, you see spiders everywhere because you've been worrying. And it's I always use the, the phrase, I knew that would happen. And, <laughs> and I say it with gritted teeth because you've planned for it you've mm-hmm. worried about it I knew yeah. that would happen so what I would say is to try and flip it to more of a positive then when something happens which you have envisaged in a positive way I knew that had happened yeah. I knew it you know and that's how I felt when I manifested the sunny day for my gala dinner it was like yes you know it, it's kind of and you realize just how powerful your mind is and how powerful each individual one of us is Brilliant. Uh, Yeah, I love that. I love using the same language in a different tone and inflection to kind of reinforce the positive rather than negative. My brain usually goes, I told you so, both good and bad, by the way, just because it thinks it's funny. But yeah. That's good, though, because I mean, you can I love the fight, the the whole idea of using a bit of humor within it because you're poking fun at yourself. And I think that's always a good thing to remember that life isn't meant to be so serious and we need to lighten our load sometimes by just having a bit of levity and a bit of, uh, you know, yeah, some sort of like teasing is is quite good um, because then it, it doesn't become such a big deal if you get things a little bit wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, well, humour is a huge, huge part of not only my defence mechanism, but also my support structure as well. So <laughs> that's I think that great. That's, that's just the way that things are. But it is, I think that that's one of the key things, though, isn't it? It's finding what works for you. So if, you, if that isn't something that would feel right for you, there are other options. So we talked a lot around the kind of the visualisation med- we've 
touched on meditating, but there are a couple of other forms of visualization that if you're happy to just kind of go through. So I've got a couple here, which are vision boards and journaling and also um, audio, like guided meditations are another form as well. Vision boards. I've had a vision board for years as well. And I think, again, they get misconstrued. People think, oh, you just you know smack a load of pretty pictures on a board and I'm, I've been guilty of this myself and you then just wait for them all to turn up and I mean the one thing that I would say with visualization is and there's again a scientific reason behind it is the feeling is the secret behind it if you have no emotion attached to that pretty picture that you've put up on your vision board it won't show up pretty soon it won't probably show up at all because it's just a pretty picture and you might as well you know put it on the wall rather than put it on your vision board so it's about putting things up there that mean something to you that attach something of purpose for you or that excite you that will motivate you journaling can be the same journaling is very good for getting all your thoughts out on paper but it's also very good for being creative about what it is that you want from your life from your relationships from your work it's it's a very powerful tool um, and one of the things that a lot of people uh, do say when they start journaling is they they seem to start automatic writing where it's coming from where they don't know but it it, it seems to help them to sort of stimulate them and what was the third one you was you oh saying? I've also put um guided meditations which is something that I've kind of delved into but haven't found they don't work for me I don't think Right. Okay. That's interesting. I think that's that's true for a lot of people because um, some people even report that they they can't visualize. They they cannot see the mental image in their head. And I think that's where I think sometimes audio can help because it's it's not necessarily about the the visual that you see. It can sometimes just be about the emotion that it creates. So, for instance, you might think of a loved one that's passed away, but you can't recall their face or their voice you can remember how they made you feel yeah and that's what you really need to tap into like I said the feeling is the secret it's it's about what it evokes in you uh, rather than what you see I mean that's where it starts but that's not the you know that's part of the creative process but it's not the most important part I guess it's it's kind of true with everything though isn't it is within business we talk or I talk a lot around how connecting with people isn't about what you offer it's not about your services it's not about your deliverables it's about the feeling and the emotional connection that you can elicit with these other people because you have something that can help them feel in a certain way that they are that they are seeking and it is very much an emotional like business is such an emotional thing um it's emotional for you as an individual going through it but it's also emotional in the way that you connect grow and learn with others so I guess that that makes perfect sense that when you're visualizing it's not necessarily about the things that you want to have but it's the way that they fit within your world and how that cultivates the feeling that you want your your everyday life to kind of embody totally and I, I think that's the thing when you're thinking about if if for instance you want to you want to earn a certain amount of money within your business but you know hardly anybody I know would visualize the cash in front of them Scrooge McDuck style <laughs> <laughs> they would they would visualize the um what they would buy with that money and the reason they would buy that whatever it was is to make them feel good yeah and so the whole idea is that you start by making yourself feel good 
and then that will then bring that closer to you and I think that's the important part of it I think that we forget is that we we feel such a great need for things that we're we're not realizing that that's not the emotion you're trying to create Mm. it's a very very different vibration you want to create something which is going to magnetize that to you not repel it yeah let's talk a little bit more about the science behind it because that's the bit that I am I am a keen being to listen to so I mean do you just want to go go for it and share share your wisdom with us <laughs> it's um it's difficult because sometimes I do a talk on this and and I usually have a you know a picture of the brain in front of me but so I'll try and describe it so that you can follow me when you imagine any um, mental image when you've got it in your brain it all starts in the um, the occipital lobe in your brain, which if you put your hand on the back of your neck and then just just roll up, a, you know, sort of a little bit, that's roughly where your occipital lobe is. And that's sort of the visual cortex of your brain. Um, so that's what, you know, connects with your eyes and, and so you can see out, but also it enables you to see in. So it enables you to create all these mental images. And that's where every innovation has ever begun it all starts with thought right so what happens is if you practice that thought it starts to fire neurons in your brain it starts to create new neural pathways and that then stimulates another part of your brain which if you move your hand forward and up goes up to the parietal lobe which is about there and that starts to affect your sense of self it starts to affect your confidence it starts to affect how you want to be um, as a person and what happens in the visualization, certainly in my in, um, experience, is that you start to react differently in your visualization. You start to be different. And that then replicates in real life. And the parietal lobe also stimulates things like motivation. And then the then it all moves forward into the prefrontal cortex. And that's when you start taking action. And that's what affects your doing, what you're how you're um, reacting to this new stimuli. So you'll start doing different things. You'll start taking risks. You'll start taking, you know, making conversations with people you may have been reluctant to make those conversations with. You'll start doing things that will act in the way that you need to be to create what you want to create. And that's the science behind it. That's incredible. I absolutely love that. And it's it's really interesting to hear like how it moves through your through your brain and how that thought kind of manifest into action through your brain just being the wonderful thing that it is I guess (laughs) I think it also demonstrates as well because when you become very aware of how your thoughts are are very um, important you need to repeat that thought a few times before it starts to stimulate parts of the brain that will help will will sort of make you different make you change so it's not a question of having a thought and thinking shouldn't have thought that oh no it's going to start a whole train of events it's not it's it's not it's it's about practicing that thought and then stimulating and what actually also happens there's a, a part of the brain right deep in the core called the the nucleus accumbens and that actually is also stimulated by the occipital lobe when you're thinking of something um, that you want as that growth of that want or desire grows this part of the brain it, it releases dopamine Um, So again, when I said about the feeling is the secret, the more you are kind of excited, those those neurons are firing off, then you stimulate this dopamine and the dopamine, as we know, it stimulates things like motivation and um, it gets you excited. So it, it gives you that push you need almost to do what it is you need to do to take it to the next level. 
That's really interesting. So I guess it's it's about treading that path repeatedly. So it becomes a, I guess, so it eases the flow of that thought from the back of the brain round to the front where you take the action. It's about doing it, it, like you said, it's not doing it once, it's doing it repeatedly so that it makes it almost like a natural connection, kind of like firing something up when it's slow at first. And then after a while, it happens quicker and quicker and quicker. Would you say that's right? Yes, I would indeed. And I think what happens, particularly in my experience, is when you have visualised something for a while, you know, and it could only be sort of, I don't know, 10, 11 times, it starts to feel real. Mm. It, it starts to feel like almost it's already happened. I know that sounds a bit, that does sound woo-woo, but it's almost like you are starting to take the next step. And maybe that is something within what's happening in the brain that it's starting to, you know, sort of that, that, uh, chain of events is, is starting to happen but I think that's that's the the key is is when you start it's almost like there's this click of completion in your in your head where this is really going to happen this is you know and that's when it gets all almost even more exciting because you start to really believe it and that's that's very very and um, that's fun as well yeah and I guess that it, it does make sense from a practical point of view as well because the more that you believe something is possible, the more confidence that you would approach those opportunities with, because it's yes. like, well, I believe that this is something that can happen now because I've thought about this enough. I know how I would react because I visualized this repeatedly. And now I can go into the real world with this confidence because it's something that I've almost built through rehearsals even though they've been internal but with that confidence it opens up those opportunities and and like you were saying earlier you're more likely to take maybe those risks or identify risks that are there that could make this happen because you can assume how it's going to feel once you've actually achieved that and it's worth it yes absolutely interesting I'm also curious because there's another thing I've been reading I say reading I've been listening to the audiobook of Get Rich Lucky Bitch by Denise Duffield Thomas thank you Um, (laughs) which talks a lot around visualization and listeners if you haven't read it it's basically her manifesting or visualization formula and process for helping you to kind of approach money mindset and maybe heal some money issues that you might have but within that she talks a bit around the other part of your brain that I cannot remember for the life of me and don't want to google it right now so I'm hoping you can help where once you've started identifying something that you want in your life, you see more of it around you. Oh, okay. Um, no, I'm not sure. So um, like when I bought, uh, for example, when I bought an MX-5 because I was that person, I started seeing them everywhere. Or when I decided that I wanted to move house to a different location, it felt like everyone I met was from that place. Yes, yes. And it just feels like you're surrounding yourself with the thing that either you have had or the thing that you want to have because your brain's suddenly picking up that information. And it's the same with opportunities. Yes. And I I remember something similar. I don't think it was Denise Duffer Thomas. I think it was somebody else who said that when she was trying to shift her money mindset, she would imbue her life with uh, other the kind of people she wanted to become or the kind of lifestyle she wanted so she would buy herself a cup of tea and sit in the the swankiest hotel in her hometown and just like eke that tea out the whole morning (laughs) so that she could just watch the people coming in and kind of just um yeah like I said imbue that sort of lifestyle and I think it is about gaining as much stimuli as you can so that you can actually build your dream around it if you like I think it's quite a well-known factor or, or, you know, that you can actually, once you start noticing things, I think the brain does switch on to 
uh, spotting it everywhere. Yeah. Um, certainly when I've, I've, you know, I've always had a dream car and whenever I see my dream car, I'll always acknowledge it a bit like magpies. It's like, hello, yeah. you know, you just, you can't help yourself thinking, oh, there's one, there's one, you know, but I've taken it to the nth degree where I've been driving home and I'm a mile from home and I'll see, a, I'll see a black, uh, black TT, mine's an Audi TT, I love them. I'll see a black TT before I get home and I do. Yeah. You know, it's quite specific. Um, but it, I think, it, you know, have fun with it. I think it's just, there's a great book by Pam Grout called E Squared, and she sets out a load of experiments that you can do to test. She calls it testing the universe. And one of those is to look for something that you uh, would like to see. And it, it can be a random thing within sort of 24, 48 hours. And I do this with my clients sometimes if they're willing. I set them this little challenge and I say it has to be random. It can't be, you know, something that you really, really want. And the reason for that is because the more you want it, the less likely you'll see it, I think, to start with anyway, because it's too big and it's a need rather than a a want or a desire. So um, so if you if you sort of said, um, I mean, I'll, I'll give you some examples. Some of the things that people have said to me, pink paper, blue elephant, uh, massive giraffe. Um, there's been so many different random things. For me, it was yellow butterflies. You know, I don't know how long we've got, but I, I, I saw um, a yellow butterfly as an emblem and I thought, no, nah, it's not enough. Yeah, I've got to see more than that. And I was really demanding. I wanted to be absolutely proven without a shadow of a doubt that these these blue, these yellow butterflies, it was November. So there was hardly any chance at all of seeing uh, butterflies. But I ended up going to a customer's house and um, she was showing me around the house and we went into the back room and on her patio doors at the back, she'd got about 25 yellow butterfly stickers. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And I, I actually burst out laughing. I just like, she must have thought I was nuts, but uh, I just couldn't stop myself because it was just so random. And I just thought, wow, this is just to me evidence that there's something in this. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? Because I think it all goes back to that that feeling and the action as well. Because I feel like my interpretation of visualization when I wasn't as aware of what it actually was was very much like we were saying it's just like thinking real hard until something rocks up when actually it's more than that the visualization is almost like the trigger for self-belief and the opportunity for your brain to notice the things that can make it happen whereas before I feel like we can be quite oblivious and then in turn the action because that belief starts to form that you're like you know what it actually is worth me having a lookout for this or it is actually worthwhile for me to take that one little baby step towards the thing that I want to have because I'm beginning to believe that this is a possibility that could actually happen whereas without visualization it's very easy to go oh that'd be nice all right then (laughs) absolutely and I think a lot of people fall into the trap as well as they have dreams but they dismiss them as unachievable not possible and so they've got these big, wonderful, you know, delightful dreams, but they don't, they shut them down at the first hurdle, if you like. There's a, a great thought uh, leader called Neville Goddard. He's written a lot of books on this subject. And he used to use the phrase a lot, assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. And what I love about that is it's just like you just said, you start with creating the, the, the nuance of a belief that it could be possible. And if you think about something now that you would like to happen, instead of thinking, oh, I wish that could happen, imagine how you would feel if it had happened or it would happen. 
and it's just about to happen or however you would like to sort of design it it's a whole new energy that you feel and that's that's where visualization I think starts is with that feeling of this is real I'm just not there yet yeah I feel like the motivation was the thing for me that I never expected to come out of visualization because it was almost like I had something to focus on that was well yeah this is going to happen so or this is a possibility now if it's something that's a little bit more ridiculous not ridiculous something that's a little bit more unexpected so if I wanted to visualize something very specific thinking about it enough is great and daydreaming on it but then having the motivation to go you know what I really want this feeling to be caused by having this thing or experiencing this event so how how do I take one step closer towards that and yeah the motivation side of things I just find absolutely fascinating because the fact that your brain can go let's do this from something that you're sat there going that'd be so cool is just yeah it baffles me I think it is to do with the feeling, though. If you think about it, when you're motivated, it's usually because there is that belief that you that you know you can do it, or that 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 action you're going to take is is going to be productive. And so, but you're also in a, a very kind of not I wouldn't say happy state, but you're in an elevated state. So, you know, you're actually the motivation is making you feel kind of excited. And then as you take action, that then motivates you to take more action. So it's kind of, you know, cyclical and um, very, very helpful. But it is a fascinating subject. You're right. Yeah. God bless those brain chemicals. eh? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'd love to know if you have any advice for the listeners, if they're looking to maybe start exploring the world of visualization. Is there anything that they can do from a practical sense that they can build it into kind of their day or week or month or whatever that they can get started on exploring the possibilities? I think the very first place to start is to decide what you want, because that's where a lot of people fall down. They know what they don't want, but they don't know what they do want, (laughs) which sounds counterintuitive, but it actually is true. We are very clear, like we don't like spiders. We don't want them. Thank you very much. But what do you want instead? You know, that's the, that I'm I'm teasing you, obviously. More kittens. I want kittens (laughs) that appear randomly from under my sofa. (laughs) And that then prompts me to say, be careful what you wish for. (laughs) (laughs) Because there is that side, which obviously we've always heard that phrase, but it is about, you know, it is being it is about being specific because we can be very loose and and also we can be very specific and limiting so again a lot of people they think the the solution to all their problems would be to win the lottery and so they think oh yeah if i could only win the lottery that would be just wonderful so a they're limiting the possibility of money coming to them by just by the lottery and b deep down they really don't believe they can win the lottery mm. because you know, they know the sums, they know the mathematical probability. And I think if anybody was out there thinking, oh, yeah, but I, I really do think I could win it, then I would I would encourage them to explore how they would be afterwards rather than the actual win itself. But I think in terms of practical advice for getting started, I think decide what you want and then create something which will represent that. So if we if we agreed, oh, yeah, we'd want a million pounds, you wouldn't, like I said, you wouldn't visualize the money or maybe you would if you were robbing a bank but it you know you wouldn't necessarily you'd visualize what that meant to you and it could mean freedom it could mean a holiday it could mean a house it could mean anything so it start with that and then as a practice I think the most easy thing I would say is just before you go to sleep at night take yourself into this little dream that you have 
and you, you might not be able to do it every night but I think once it becomes a routine like you build a habit just before you fall asleep you think oh I'm just gonna visit that visualization I'm just gonna visit that little dream that I've got and you just go into it and you build on it and as the as the time goes on you explore the dream a bit more and so it, it's just about building more and more and more onto that that idea that you've created so if you if you're say for example you've got a dream car that you'd like then I would start with the steering wheel and I learned this technique a long time ago and it was you you basically put your hands out in front of you in the in your visualization you could do it physically if you wanted to but you see the steering wheel in front of you and you know you feel the leather and you you kind of sort of you know caress it whatever you want to do and that could be it as a starting point for the visualization but then you might sort of see the whole steering wheel and, and the, you know, the sort of dash behind it. Just play it out like that and like build it over days and days. And that's just giving you an example. It doesn't have to obviously be a car, but there could be so many ways that you could build out that vision, if you like. Yeah, I, I love that. I love the idea of starting with something, something small and then growing. Because like we were talking about earlier, it is, it is a practice. It is treading that path repeatedly in order to make it feel more likely and more real and um again I just want to reflect what you've said throughout this which is focus on the feelings focus on not just like the tangible feelings of what that if it's a car or something like that what it would feel like to be sat in that car but also the emotional connection that you have like if you won a million pounds but you've been terrible with money your entire life that million pounds might not actually do what you expect it to do so focus on what it is that yeah focus on focus on the feelings focus on how you want it to influence your life and focus on just kind of what steps you could maybe take towards it as well I guess because one thing that I love to do because I'm very much I like to reflect on I don't like to reflect I like to ignore everything that I've done and never celebrate my achievements and all the rest of it like so many others so I make the effort to celebrate everything and reflect on what I do so you know if you take a step towards that goal or you notice something that helps support that visualization if you wanted to you could make a note of that just to kind of start building that evidence around you that this is something that could and is happening and that's for me I found that incredibly helpful yeah and I think that's a lovely way to look at it there's a there's a term that's used it's called pronoia which is the opposite of paranoia so you believe that everything's working in your favor not against you nice yeah so I think like you say if you see evidence that things are going going the right way just acknowledge it and like you say celebrate it and think yes this is going towards my goal yeah I find it it's just been that was something that um a coach of mine blesser taught me and it was just it was eye-opening for me it's just kind of every time it's wonderful if you um struggle with imposter syndrome as well Mm -hmm. if you're sat there going oh I'm you know your imposter syndrome is telling you that you're no good or that you can't do this or who are you to do this or whatever else and if you've got this list of evidence of well actually let me just consult my bank of how wonderful I am and what (laughs) other people have said your imposter syndrome syndrome tends to pipe down a little bit. <laughs> That's good advice. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners around kind of visualization and the science behind it? I know we've touched on kind of a few of the different versions. I will leave all of your links in the show notes, of course, because I feel like there's so much more that can be explored with this. But is there any final advice or any final actions or anything like that that you would like to share with the listeners today? There's one uh, scientific study that I would like to mention, and that is that, um, and this has been sort of broadcast quite widely, so you might have already have 
heard of it. And it was a sports science uh, kind of test where they used um, basketball players to to demonstrate the power of visualisation. What they did was they split these basketball players into three groups. The first group practised shooting hoops. The second group visualised shooting hoops. And the third group did nothing. And then at the end of it, they tested to see how well they performed. And what they realised was that the the difference between the um, the scoring of the first and second group, so the group that practised and the group that visualised, was negligible. Wow. And again, it just goes to emphasise that the brain is so powerful that you're practising it in your brain is almost as good as practicing it physically in your body. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about what it is that you want, that it is actually having an impact. And I just hope that that sort of scientific study kind of embodies that for people so they can see that that is real. It's not just um, something that we've we've sort of come to accept. It, It actually does work. That's incredible. I would also like to caveat that with saying, it does show that you need to still take the action though. Cause I'm sat here thinking I could just visualize that I've been to the gym every day and like, that's going to be fine, (laughs) but you still need to take the action at the end of it. You do. But again, there is another scientific study about finger, they did muscle testing and actually, you know, that, that stimulus of muscles can be done by the brain as well. Again, it's not the same to the same effect, (laughs) but there is, there is evidence to show it's, it's, it's very powerful in, in terms of the practice and the, the benefits that that brings so yeah but it, the trouble is most people can't it's, can't sustain it so it's like you say it's you know imagine you're rowing a, a rowing machine you wouldn't you know you'd get bored of that pretty soon I think <laughs> yeah I think so I mean if that's the case you may as well just go and do it if you're going to sit there for half an hour pretending you're on a rowing machine in your mind you may as well just go and do it <laughs> this is true very true oh that's wonderful I love like I'm always fascinated with anything that comes from the mind and the brain it's just it's such an incredible it's just the power of everything that's already inside us is just whether you're taking it as an Instagram quote or not like it genuinely is true so I would be really interested to hear from you listeners whether this has made you curious about exploring visualization more or whether you're already on your visualization journey and you have some experiences that you'd like to share I think that that would be really interesting to hear but I think that that's going to wrap this up for today's episode Amanda thank you so so much for sharing your insights and sharing your wisdom with us I found it absolutely fascinating to speak with you oh it's been my pleasure Tammy (laughs) wonderful so where can the listeners find more of you online I think the easiest place is to um, to go to my website, which is happycoach.co.uk. There's all my social links are on there. So yeah, come find me. Perfect. And I will absolutely, of course, put Amanda's links in the show notes. If you want to come and find more about Amanda, you can look there and be sure to come back here on Thursday when Amanda will be sharing her business journey so far in her brand story episode. So until then, listeners, come on over to our community on Instagram or Facebook. Share your thoughts around this visualization process and just how awesome our brains are. Um, As always, the links are in the show notes and I will see you in the brand lounge.